What is Aleppo? Brexit means Brexit. I'm not gonna pay for that fucking wall. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. From this moment on, please, do not ever call us a racist party. You Tory talker. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake. Phony, fake. I didn't lie about weapons of mass destruction. I didn't send anyone into an illegal war. I didn't say anything racist. I've never been called in a paedophile gang or anything. Just who the hell do you think you people are? Put on a proper suit, do up your tie, and sing the national anthem. Nobody builds walls better than me. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Everything Left. I'm joined this week by Addie. Hello. And we've got Hannah back with us again. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us again, Hannah. How you been? I've been doing all right. Really excited by some cool stuff in the trans world for Trans Day of Visibility, March 31st, this past about two weeks ago. I was part of a group that pushed the LGBT liaison's office for New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo to light up the One World Trade Center spire in the colors of trans visibility. So the blue, pink, white, pink, and blue. And this is the tallest building in the United States, the second second tallest tower in North America after the CN Tower in Toronto. And we got it lit up with the trans flag. It was a bit of a storm, so it didn't quite get the coverage I hoped it would, but I'm super excited. No, that's that's really cool. You can look online. I wrote an article about it for the Huffington Post or just Google One World Trade Center and transgender. One of the articles should come up, either the one I wrote or the one that interviewed me and showed the pictures of it that I sent them. I think I read your article. It was pretty cool. It's, it's a long way to go because nobody saw it, but it'll come back soon. We're going to mention briefly because it's brand new news today. And, and it's something that we're sure to be talking about in the weeks coming up is that British Prime Minister Theresa May has announced that we're going to have a general election in June. I have just chaired a meeting of the cabinet where we agreed that the government should call a general election to be held on the 8th of June. I want to explain the reasons for that decision, what will happen next, and the choice facing the British people when you come to vote in this election. Last summer, after the country voted to leave the European Union, Britain needed certainty, stability, and strong leadership. And since I became Prime Minister, the government has delivered precisely that. Despite predictions of immediate financial and economic danger, since the referendum we have seen consumer confidence remain high, record numbers of jobs and economic growth that has exceeded all expectations. We have also delivered on the mandate that we were handed by the referendum result. Britain is leaving the European Union and there can be no turning back. And as we look to the future, the government has the right plan for negotiating our new relationship with Europe. We want a deep and special partnership between a strong and successful European Union and a United Kingdom that is free to chart its own way in the world. That means we will regain control of our own money, our own laws and our own borders. And we will be free to strike trade deals with old friends and new partners all around the world. This is the right approach, and it is in the national interest. But the other political parties oppose it, 
At this moment of enormous national significance, there should be unity here in Westminster, but instead there is division. The country is coming together, but Westminster is not. In recent weeks, Labour have threatened to vote against the final agreement we reach with the European Union. The Liberal Democrats have said they want to grind the business of government to a standstill. The Scottish National Party say they will vote against the legislation that formally repeals Britain's membership of the European Union. And unelected members of the House of Lords have vowed to fight us every step of the way. Our opponents believe, because the government's majority is so small, that our resolve will weaken and that they can force us to change course. They are wrong. They underestimate our determination to get the job done. Is that the election where you choose a new prime minister? Yes. Well, an entire yeah. parliament. Yeah, new, new prime minister, new parliament, and fingers crossed... This will get the Tories out of power because they're awful, awful people. Oh, with the Christian white men. It's just going to be a question of how choose to vote, who comes out, whether people believe a lot of the media that's trying to make Jeremy Corbyn out be one thing and the Tories out to be another. So I think if, if like what we saw with the EU referendum, if, if a younger generation comes out and votes even more so than they did before. I think it, it could be a good victory for Labour, but we've seen the world of politics implode recently, so I'm not going to make any kind of prediction. So, yeah, that's uh, that's something that I'm sure is going to come up again next time, but because it's brand new, we kind of had to, had to address it slightly today. But uh, we can jump straight into our, our first news story of the week, if you guys, if you guys are ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Which is something that we, we just missed talking about last week was Pepsi brought out an advert that got a a bit of a backlash. Um, the Kendall Jenner advert. I'm I'm assuming have you guys seen this? I've seen parts of it. I did see that one. See, what do you guys think of this? Is it as awful as people made out? Is it good intentions gone slightly wrong? How how do you think? I think it was a mistake that no one really wanted to to make a, a point of, like, they made an honest mistake. I don't really think they meant anything by it besides, like, the power of sharing or whatever corporations bullshit they think they're giving us. But um, I think that the, the backlash has been, like, way over the top for it. Why do you say that? Because the way I see it, and I come from a country with a very problematic background, people, yeah, moose here are just terrible. They started a group and and now they're hunting people. So No, so like uh, people give too much emphasis on the power of an ad. They meant nothing, but I don't know their minds because, ew, corporate. But I don't think they they really uh, meant anything by it except for like something that will sh- shock people into buying Pepsi. Well, they they did release a statement after they pulled the advert, which said that. 
Pepsi was trying to project a global message of unity, peace and understanding. We clearly missed the mark and we apologise. We did not intend to make light of any serious issues. We are removing the content and halting any further rollout. We also apologise for putting Kendall Jenner in this position. So it sounds like they, they realised straight away they probably messed up what they originally wanted this to be. At least one company realised that this week. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, what it is, is that I know a lot of people who have been, and I have been myself, at the protests that have gone on, especially since the election of Donald Trump and the new leadership in Washington, D.C. here in the United States. And again, this is a United States-based company, and this is targeting predominantly an American market, so that's where a lot of the backlash to this was. And there are people going out there, not just when it's a pretty gorgeous day, but when it's not. And they're taking their parties and their protests to Donald Trump's buildings here in New York City. They're taking over a million people to the streets in the Women's March in Washington, D.C., and just as many in New York and L.A., and in how many sister marches around the world. And then came the LGBT marches when Donald Trump rolled back on protections for transgender students. And then came the protests at the airports in our country, including John F. Kennedy right here in the state, in this city where people were detained simply trying to enter our country often on legal visas they already had because the administration issued a snap decision to ban travel into this country and tried to do it again and twice was blocked down by the court. And then for Pepsi to come out with this cutesy little commercial about confronting police who are not wearing riot gear or protection and with signs that say, hey, come talk with us, join a conversation. It kind of puts a cute face on all of the real work that's trying to be done to actively take part in our democracy. And maybe it's too little too late. And maybe we should have been this active and this vocal all along. But people are learning fast. And for Pepsi to come in and just try to make light of the whole thing and like, oh, this isn't really so meaningful after all. It's really just about selling you soda and sugar water. I think a lot of people really took that sourly. And I can understand why. Hmm. And it just kind of baffles me that nobody in this whole thing and Saturday Night Live, our comedy show here in the U.S., made a beautiful sketch parody about this, kind of trying to go through each step where the director they mock is trying to say, hey, so I've got this great idea. And every single person says, this is terrible. Where did you miss the problem with this? And it baffles me, unfortunately. But that's what it is. Carrie, hey. Sorry, I can't super talk right now. I'm on the set of this huge Pepsi commercial I'm doing. <laughs> I know, right? It was like completely my idea, and now they're doing it. It's great, yeah. I mean, okay, so, well, it's, it's an homage to uh, the resistance. So there's this huge protest in the street, reminiscent of Black Lives Matter. And so everybody's marching, right? And they get to these police officers, and you think it's gonna go bad because there's kind of like a standoff, and then, Kendall Jenner walks in and she walks up to one of the police officers and she hands him a Pepsi. And then that Pepsi brings everybody together. <laughs> I mean, isn't that like the best ad ever? Uh-huh. Sort of tone deaf. All right, guys, three minutes away. Three minutes. Thank you. I think maybe you just kind of don't get it. Is, is Doug there? Can you put him on? Dougie Fresh, what's up? 
Uh, hey, I just want to run this Pepsi commercial by you that I'm doing. Uh, make sure you're loving it as much as I am. The whole thing is sort of an homage to the resistance, Black Lives Matter. So everybody's marching. And then Kendall Jenner comes up to a police officer and gives him a Pepsi. Everybody celebrates. People of every single culture come to get. No, we're celebrating these cultures. We're celebrating black culture. Yeah, but we're, we're also celebrating Asian culture. Got it. Just kind of using them to sell soda. It's going to be bad. All right, people, 60 seconds till we roll on this man's singular vision. Ah, yes. Hey, man, could you maybe put a, a neighbor on the phone, like a, a black one? Hi, ma'am. Yeah, hey, we're shooting a little Pepsi commercial over here. Just want to run it by you and get your opinion on it. Okay, great. So the whole thing is sort of an homage to the Black Lives Matter move. Don't even touch it. It'd be insane to touch it. Right, okay. Don't even show police. Yeah. Uh, what would you do if you were in my situation? Just run in my car. You know what's funny? Uh, I've seen a meme this week about the fact that Nivea went under fire this last week with the whitest purity thing. And then someone said, no one could get a, a less sensitive ad. So Pepsi was like, hold my beer, bro. And then United Airlines came and just sunk the boat completely. Okay, well, to be clear, United Airlines, the pilots union issued a statement explaining this was not actually a United Airlines flight. It was, it was operated on a United Airlines code. It was a independent airline. I think it was called Republic Airline or Public Airways. I'm going to double check that. So why did the CEO of United Airlines issue a statement if it's not their flight? Because they, Republic Airways, because they are a long-term contractee of United Airlines. So they are beholden to the CEO and the CEO is responsible for this organization. But just as we talk about Republic Airways and what happened on that flight. But Hannah, there are three different incidents regarding oh, this thing. for the main one that people were talking about, about the man being carried off of the flight. The other carried. Two, yes, that was United. Oh, fantastic. So we can't blame them for something, but not for specifically nearly killing a man. Well, I think they had, the pilots had issued, the union had issued a statement saying that no United pilot, and I know United pilots personally, some of them very, one of them very, very well, actually two of them very well, and can say that I think had one of them been on the plane, I don't think this would have happened the same way. But I'm not I'm blaming the pilot, I'm blaming do. the company. Yeah, it's not the pilots who, who make the policy. No, of course. But what I'm saying is, uh, having seen the video and having read the background, I think one of the biggest places to say that blame goes is the Chicago Transportation Authorities, the police that came in from the airport and forcibly removed the man. And there was no reason that that should have been done the way it was done. And then the this, I don't know even who did this, but they started a slander campaign against this guy? Yeah. Yeah, they, they turned around and said he had a criminal past, which afterwards, after a few different outlets and publications looked into it, they, they figured out it wasn't even actually him. The name of this man is Dr. David Dow. Which David Dow is a very common name. Yes. The person who they were saying was a, had a criminal past wasn't even this David Dow. It was a different Dr. David Dow. Yeah. 
And the point is that they just slandered his name, which could cause him even more major issues in the future, even after, you know, whatever medical issues he may have, considering he got concussed and he lost a few teeth and he probably broke a few bones. But, you know, that's small stuff for a 69-year-old man. Yeah, so, so they just dragged his name through the mud. And it's like, he shouldn't have had a criminal record. And it's like, dude, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's completely victim-blaming to say, even if it was him, if that was his his history, what the hell does it matter what someone's past is? That doesn't justify beating them near senseless and dragging them off a flight they've paid for and have every right to have because you need to get your staff somewhere else. That's It's, it's just completely disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, and I feel so bad for this man, and I kind of am so pissed at the CEO of this company. That's absolutely true. Yeah, like, think, he yeah. gave, like, three statements, two of them blaming the guy and saying they are sorry they had to relocate or repurpose or whatever. Reaccommodate, they said. Reaccommodate the uh, four passengers. They said nothing about the fact that he was brutally attacked. And then he, he blamed him. He said he was belligerent. Yeah. Yeah, so then they they blamed this guy who that people shot during the interaction with the crew. <laughs> And they said he was polite, and he said he's, he can't get off the flight because he has patience. And he actually did agree beforehand, and then they checked the next flight, and he understood he's going to get too late back home. So he, he said he disagreed, which is, is completely fine. He has every right to. Yeah. And then the, the CEO is just like, yeah, he totally, like, he was totally brutal uh, brutal and he just started attacking the crew and it's like none of that happened another thing that pissed me off is that people actually started saying that the people on the flight should have stopped the security team which is really really stupid because then they would have been in the crossfire and could have gone hurt themselves it's kind of like standing in front of a raging bull which you never do you can't blame people for fearing getting hurt. No, no, none of the blame should go on the other passengers at all. They they did the right thing. They documented it. They made physical evidence of what happened, trying to diffuse the situation verbally. Getting getting involved in any physical way would have just made things a whole lot worse for everyone. Definitely. Which is it's a shame for Dr. Dow, because I'm sure there's, there's the feeling of if someone had stepped in, maybe I wouldn't have been hurt. Uh, which is possible, but then again, the the violence from from those air quotes officials could have could have escalated if someone had have stepped in. It's it's a tricky tricky situation. I I don't think it would have helped anyone if someone stepped in. I think just more people would have gotten hurt, and the situation would have been worse. And I, I'm actually glad that none of the passengers tried to to physically step in. Yeah, that would not have gone well. But I, I just I just feel like uh, people keep some some people sided. I've seen comments online. Some people sided with like the security team. It's like how can you side with someone who just hurts anyone for no apparent reason? 
I think it's that that blind devotion to well, they're in a position of authority, so therefore they must be in the right. It's a stupid position because once you are in a position of authority, it doesn't mean you know everyone's rights or duties. It just means that you have some like a half a step over someone, especially since they're airport security. They're not even police. No, they were police. They were police. I just seen the Chicago Transit Police, I believe. Right. So, okay, Transit Police. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Double check, but they are police, to my knowledge. I'm gonna double check that. I'm looking up on the computers right now. Uh, I believe I'm definitely sure that it's Chicago Police. I don't know if it's the Transportation Department. I'm looking to see right now what it says about what police office it was. But they were definitely Illinois police officers. The officers were Chicago Aviation Police, not from the Chicago Police Department. So it's not CPD, but Aviation Police are still licensed police officers under the Department of Aviation, which is the body that runs O'Hare and Midway Airport. So they are police officers. They're just not Illinois police officers. Well, they're Illinois police officers, police in America. I don't know how it works specifically in the UK or in Israel, but there are different kinds of police and different types of organizations can have police agencies that work in tandem and have specialties, but are not necessarily connected. So for example, in New York City, there is the New York City NYPD, the ones everybody thinks of that the has the proud traditions and all of that then there's the transportation police which includes the subway systems. Then there's the Port Authority, which is the bridges and tunnels that connect New York and New Jersey, as well as some of the properties associated that are owned by that organization. So they have their own police force. And then there's the sanitation department that has its own police force. New York City has a lot of different police departments. And then there's also the state troopers for New York. And then there's the, oh, there's just a bunch of different police departments. Every college and university has their own police force. So Columbia has its own police force. City College has its own police force. Basically, so they're still all bound by and have police powers within the state of New York. They all have that same level of competency in theory, and they all have specialized training beyond that. And then the Port Authority technically might have police power to, you know, make arrests and pull people over and all of those things in both New York and New Jersey because their territory spans that border. And that's a unique scenario. So aviation police is nothing atypical. If it was Mm. in New York airports, it would have been the Port Authority police because they control the bridges, the tunnels and the airports. See, I I work, I'm not going to name them, but I, I work with one of the train operating companies in the UK here. And I know that we have the British Transport Police, which... Uh, are separate from the regular police but they are still police officers they just specialize in policing the railways and and you know things that happen there that need police involvement they're the ones who come in rather than the regular police so it's yeah it's definitely not something unusual we we've got similar over here as well see this this isn't the only thing that united have done this week though is it eddie you brought a uh, another story to my attention about the um... i'm very good at bringing stories to your attention 
How you were like, oh, this this ties into this. Here you go. It's a uh, a couple who were forced to abandon their mobility device. Did you want to sort of tell the story as it was your, your find? Okay, so there was a couple on the way to the honeymoon, and uh, one of them has a mobility issue, meaning that he cannot stand up for a long time or walk without assistance. Now, he has a Segway, or uh, another motorized mobility aid, and he wanted to bring it with him on his trip, as he should, and as his needs are. So, he talked to the airport and asked them if he needs anything special and explained to them exactly the situation. He brought them proof of his disability and his medical issues. And they said, yeah, sure, you you can just bring it on board with you and just explain to the airline beforehand exactly what's going on. So he talked to United Airlines and he explained to them exactly why he needs to bring this motorized mobility aid with him on the flight and told him that he already talked to the airport and they said yeah and and they reached the gate and the people at the gate don't let them through they said that it's big and bulky and they don't didn't know of it beforehand and he shows them proof that he gave a heads up and that the airline actually said yes he is allowed to bring it and he needs it he showed them he actually needs it so they started arguing and the flight i think was delayed for it and then they took away his device and they said they're not going to take it with them they're going to put it in storage and so they had the couple had to rent a device on the at the place where they stayed which was overly expensive and it was different and it it was clunky and hard to use and then the airport called them and said that they are finding them for the fact that they have the device and that he may get arrested so uh not only did he use something that he wasn't used to and made his life very difficult but he also had to stay the rest of his vacation anxious because he could have gotten arrested so a plus united airlines you you've literally made a douchebag of the week like that's not how you run an airline that's not customer service so i'm definitely not impressed by united but i do just want to be clear on that one about the passenger being carried away that this was not a specifically united flight this was republic airways and they have their own issues and this was the chicago aviation police woefully mishandling a situation even if they were going to carry the man away and i'm not saying they should have at the very least everyone knows there's a little latch at the base of the outer armrest the inner ones lift up easily but the outer ones you have to pull a little release latch and then they fold right up and you slide somebody out. And I do it all the time when I'm getting out of a plane just so I don't have to move my tray if I'm in the aisle seat. Still not good reasoning for brutally taking someone out of their seat. Oh, I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying, but if you absolutely had to carry somebody off a plane, and I'm not saying they did in this case, but even hypothetically, there's a safe way to do it. The only reason I would have to carry someone out of a plane is if they were unconscious. 
I agree with you, but I'm saying even just, I think we all would have been not better about this situation, but less disgusted if the man had been carried off and not injured. That would not have the lingering news effect, even for United, that it would have if the man lost two teeth, had a concussion, and was bloodied, crying mercy. But, but it doesn't matter now, because in retrospect, none of none of our speculations of what if and no, it could have been better are important right now because he shouldn't have been carried off. No, absolutely. They he should are. have bloodied and brutalized, and the CEO shouldn't have responded the way he did. Oh, those are oh. all absolutely true. But, but we cannot come now and say future. it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have, and what if. Because Oh, but the that, point is, that, you have to also, what do you learn from this? You learn that the Chicago Aviation Police officers who did this and did not follow any kind of standard or appropriate protocol to at least least lift the armrest when extricating somebody, they don't belong on planes anymore as police officers. And there will be heads that roll over this, and they will be some of them. So that's how you move forward with it. I agree that this was not something you can change retrospectively and say what if, but you can definitely learn from this and say how not to moving forward. I just learned that when I, if I ever have to fly United, I'm going to wear a helmet. This week's headlines. Fox News confirms the firing of Bill O'Reilly following accusations of sexual harassment. A three-month-old baby was summoned to the US Embassy in London to be interviewed on suspicions of terrorism. Parents of university student prevent their daughter from attending Brown after receiving acceptance letter that uses gender-neutral language. Wall Street's Charging Bull statue sculptor claims that the placement of the Fearless Girl statue violates his rights. Oklahoma State Capitol staffer criticised after warning colleagues of cross-dressers in the building during LGBT student visit. Alabama Senate votes to allow church to form its own police force. British government rejects ban on employers forcing women to wear high heels. Caitlyn Jenner blames Ellen DeGeneres for the backlash from the LGBT community she has received. Homeless woman Marie Baker jailed for six months for asking a passerby for 50 pence. Marvel fans upset as lesbian relationship removed from upcoming Black Panther movie. Chechnya's president vows to eliminate LGBT community by start of Ramadan. The Daily Mail calls out Nick Robinson for anti-Corbyn bias on the BBC. As bad as United has been, I don't think it gets the award for worst PR of the week, though. I'm pretty sure Sean Spicer takes everything. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive to completely overshadow everything United did. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, but can we start first with Trump and then go to Spicer? Because yep. I kind of think this will be going from bad to worse. Sure. Okay, so Trump this week had an interview with someone. Yeah, the, the interview was on the Fox Business Network. In this interview, he kind of made the mistake of saying they bombed Iraq. And... The interviewer graciously reminded the five-year-old that they bombed Syria. <laughs> I was sitting at the table. We had finished dinner. We're now having dessert. 
and we had the most beautiful piece of chocolate cake that you've ever seen. And President Xi was enjoying it. And I was given the message from the generals that the ships are locked and loaded. What do you do? And we made a determination to do it. So the missiles were on the way. And I said, Mr. President, let me explain something to you. This is during dessert. We've just fired 59 missiles, all of which hit, by the way, unbelievable, from, you know, hundreds of miles away, all of which hit. Amazing. Unmanned. Brilliant. It's so incredible. It's brilliant. It's genius. Our technology, our equipment is better than anybody body by a factor of five. I mean, what we have in terms of technology, nobody can even come close to competing. Now, we're going to start getting it because, you know, the military has been cut back and depleted so badly by the past administration and by the war in Iraq, which was another disaster. So what happens, as I said, we've just launched 59 missiles heading to Iraq. Well, you headed to Syria. Yes, heading toward Syria. And I want you to know that. Now, I don't know, maybe he had like children's songs stuck in his head at the time. And maybe he didn't take his nap. Maybe he was thinking about the fact that he just went wee wee in his diaper and needed change. But how the fuck do you forget about the fact that you spent, what, how much was it? $39 million for bombing an airbase in a specific country. Not only did he spend this much money, they did nothing. They can still use this airbase. Well, maybe it was the memory of that chocolate cake that muddled everything up for him because he remembered that perfectly. But, you know, something like which which country you've you've bombed is very easy to to mix up. I think maybe there was like rat poo in that chocolate cake because as far as I remember there is there are health violations in that yep. kitchen. <laughs> Do we know that he didn't actually bomb Iraq and we just haven't heard about it yet? Well, I, I thought it was possible when he said that, that maybe they intended to bomb Iraq, but they bombed Syria by mistake. But they just missed in a few, with a, like a few countries away. Like, you know, when you try to, to throw a, a dart in a specific spot on the board and you just miss and, and hit a different part, that happens with missiles too. Instead of a few centimeters, it's a few hundred kilometers. No big deal. I cannot believe this guy is the president of one of the strongest countries in the world. Seriously, did, did he hit his head with too many golf balls? I don't know. Not only that, he bombed Syria, but years before on Twitter, which means that he probably won't remember it because he doesn't remember anything unless it happened a few seconds ago or it happened in one of the Trump hotels or restaurants or whatever. He said that they should stay out of Syria and that there would be no way that Obama should bomb Syria or interfere in Syria. So it's kind of like um he's uh what what's the word I'm looking for? A lying hypocrite. A lying manipulative assholeish hypocrite. But he also moaned about the number of times Obama played golf in his entire term as president and has exceeded that in the first month so you know i i guess it's the kind of thing he likes but he's to do a white, he's a white man in his 70s he's got to do something with his time instead of leading the free world he was never intending to be president it's really that simple mm. i'm sorry i'm i'm i said what i'm i meant he's an orange man in his 70s what do you expect him except for playing golf i guess 
I, I have no words. I, I, I really have no words. It's not just him, though. Look at what Spicer said. It's the whole administration has no idea what they're doing, what they're saying. Did we want to talk about what Spicer said? I wish oh, I... we didn't have to keep repeating it. Oh, my God. But it makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside, knowing someone so stupid has gone to such a high position. It gives me hope. Zeke, now, is this another case of, like, say, Pepsi, Nivea, trying to say something and it gets out of hand? Or is this just straight-up idiocy and holocaust denial from the white house like how 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 are we feeling about this well considering considering uh spicer's track record no that's just plain idiocy there, yeah there is... if, even if it's not being an idiot and i'm not giving him any benefit of the doubt the fact of the matter is he's proven himself woefully incapable of holding this office of press secretary <laughs> And what he is, is he's a sideshow. He's a sideshow that they can rely on for a distraction to the main events, which is the slow and clearly at this point almost inevitable destruction of the American democracy into something that is much more totalitarian and oligarchical and is not looking out for the individuals that they pretended to be running on behalf of. And that's a shame and that's scary as anything, but he's small potatoes. He's that's this is so woefully unacceptable that that is exactly what our administration does. It accepts it. And they say, oh, well, okay, the bar for this is he apologized. And that's apparently sufficient at this point. I think an apology is the first thing. And then the consequence is you lose your job. Oh, but... The, the, the problem the problem I had with with the, this entire administration regarding their track record about the Holocaust is January is International Holocaust Memorial Day. They did nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't bring up the six million Jews who died and the other nine million political prisoners who died, or the fact that gay people were still in camps afterwards. Or the fact that afterwards, when they took in Japanese citizens and they put them in camps again. Like, this administration has no idea what history transpired before they came into office. That is just what pisses me off so much, is that they just don't care. Yep. They are like a two-year-old. Two-year-olds do not have the psychological ability to remember what was in front of them two minutes ago. Mm-hmm. It just pisses me off so much. At least try, but they don't even do that. They, they just don't, don't really give a rat's ass about anything. So are, are we going to repeat what Spicer said, or are we just going to knock that dude down a peg or 80? I, I don't want to repeat it. The, there is footage of it, so I, I'm going to put the audio in the episode for people who aren't aware of it, but I don't really want to say what he said. You, you look, we didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. You know, you had a, you know, someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to, the, to, the, to using chemical weapons. I'm going to give you the opportunity to clarify something you said that seems to be Thank gaining you. some traction right now. Uh, quote, Hitler didn't even sink to the level of using chemical weapons. What did you mean by that? I, I think when you come to sarin gas, uh, there was no, he was not using the gas on his own people the same way that 
Ashad is doing. I mean, there was clearly. I I, I understand your point. Thank you. I thank you. I appreciate that. There was not in the in the he brought him into the to um, to the Holocaust Center. I understand that. But I'm saying in the way that Assad used them, where he went into towns, dropped them down to innocent into the middle of towns, it was brought. To, so the use of it, and I appreciate the clarification there. That was not the intent. So um, for people who are aware of history, uh, Hitler had something called the Final Solution, which was meant to eradicate Jews once and for all, because we are the pesky little rodents that give people diseases. And he did it. He, he eradicated Jews by using gas chambers who got filled with a gas, a very, very deadly gas called Cyclone B. Now, the way it happened is that people thought they were going into showers. They got to a communal room and they stripped of their clothes and jewelry and everything on them. And then in came barbers. They had two minutes to completely shave the heads of the soon-to-be victims. And that was the point where people understood that they may not come out of this alive. I've heard a lot of stories and I've seen documentaries about the people who had to do this this terrible task of, of preparing the victims to their death and they knew what was going to happen and they couldn't do anything to help them and the way Spicer described in such a offhanded and dismissive way of what happened to so many people who had families and lives and businesses and they had things to stay alive from, and most of them did nothing wrong, and there were children who could have done amazing things. And the way he described it is what pains me the most. The so way he said Holocaust centers, as if it was a, a place for fun and games and not a place where people worked to their death. A place where, where Nazi soldiers played shoot 'em ups when they felt like it. A place where so many things manufactured using not cheap labor, but slave labor. A place where you would rather give your life than stay alive and suffer. And that is what he called the Holocaust Center. So, whatever un existent shred of respect I ever had for anyone in Trump's office, which to be fair was none to begin with, has now gone so low that even Satan is now asking what the fuck. His basic comment was not even Hitler used chemical weapons against his own people when comparing Adolf Hitler to Bashar Assad of Syria. And exactly, that's pretty much what Adolf Hitler is known for, is using chemical weapons against his own people. And so his comments weren't only insensitive and inappropriate, as he quoted himself in his apology, as to quote him, he said himself in his apology, they were also inaccurate. And I think that's where, yeah, he can 
honestly, in my opinion, and I think in many people's opinion, no longer hold any dignity in the position that he's in. And if this was any other administration, if this was any other setting where somebody said something like that, even within a company, let alone on a national or worldwide stage, they would vanish. But I think it shows you just the craziness and the backwardness and the topsy-turviness and the scariness of this administration that I am living now under, not participating in, but resisting, surviving. I don't know what the right word here is in the United States, that this kind of behavior is not only condoned, but endorsed and promoted and is a testament to literally what they want out of him. Um, the, the most ironic part is, in my opinion, is the fact that Trump was so proud of the fact that he supports Jews and he is supported by Jews because his daughter has converted to Judaism and he has a son-in-law who is Jewish. And to that, I say there were also Jews who uh, supported the Nazis just because someone in your family is Jewish does not mean we owe you respect. A sewer rat has more use in the world than that noxious gas of a man. I think this is the most emotional I've ever gotten during a recording. I know it's it's not nice to have to deal with these kind of things and talk about them on the show, but it's important because I think a lot of people haven't put as much stock in what was said and don't realize just how bad it was and how much it affects people. So, yeah, I, th I think you, you've given a really powerful and, and kind of moving point on it. No amount of books can prepare you for what actually happened. You read today, you study, no study can prepare you for what it was then. My name is Roman Kent, and I am a survivor of the Holocaust, or most precisely of the Wuj Ghetto, Auschwitz, Merzbachtler, and other concentration camps. Uh, my reaction to his remark is contrary to what he said. He said anybody can make a mistake. I agree with that, anybody can make a mistake. But that's not a mistake. That's an ignorance, a complete, total ignorance of the most important uh, issue that prevailed during the last war, for which so many millions of people died. And to have a person ignorant like this at the helm of our government, because press secretary is very important, it's tragical. It's not a mistake, it's a tragedy. Remember, in Auschwitz alone, 10,000 people were put to crematorium every day. 10,000 people. Whether he should be fired or not, uh, I am not in charge. I am not the president of the United States. But as far as I am concerned, uh, a man so, so ignorant should not be our representative. Ignorance is not an excuse. Not from a man like this on a high, high position like this. He represents the president. 
So this is why it is incomprehensible. Well, thank you for joining us this week. I know it's been a bit of an emotional and deep ending, probably more than we're used to, but unfortunately this is the nature of the news. Hopefully there'll be more enjoyable topics to talk about next week. Remember, if you want to join us on Twitter, you can follow us by going to at underscore everything left. You can find us on Facebook at Everything Left Podcast. We also have an email address, so if you have any comments, queries, or want to suggest anything for us to talk about, you can do that by going to everythingleft at outlook.com. We're also on Acast, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Podbean, and a host of other podcasting sites, so make sure you follow us and subscribe so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. But I want to say thank you to Addy and Hannah for joining us. Thank you for having us. Therapy, here I come. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Come fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. In Lama Land, there's a one-man band and he'll toot his flute for you. Come fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there where the air is rarefied, we'll just slide starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you. Cause we're together Weather-wise It's such a lovely day Just say the words And we'll beat the birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's perfect For a flying honeymoon They say Come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away Once I get you up there Where the air is rarefied We'll just glide starry-eyed Once I get you up there I'll be holding you so near You may hear angels cheer Cause we're together Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day You just say the words and we'll beat the birds down to Ak- 
Apuco Bay. It's perfect for a flying honeymoon, they say. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly. Pack up, let's fly away. 